0: This is why we need Jesus to break all generational curses off of our spirit so that the next generation will inherit generational blessing. And also what you were saying about how we become a new creation, it's by faith alone. It's not words. That's one thing that helped me distinguish what Christianity actually is. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. God just wants your whole heart. He doesn't want you to do anything for him, but just give him your heart. And just surrender, humility, surrender, humility, surrender. So it's by faith alone. And He supplies an abundance of grace. No matter how many times you mess up, He's still going to be showering His love on you. I've messed up so many times. And for that person who feels like giving up, I just want to encourage you, like, don't get weary in well-doing. There's a reward on the other end.
1: Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis, where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Lackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Today, I have Montana with me. She is 20 years old. She's been walking with the Lord for three years, and she has walked through a lot of difficult things throughout her life. And I really just want to jump into it and allow her to take over the mic because her story is so beautiful. She speaks with such gentleness and grace, and she hasn't walked through light stuff. So I I would love for you, Montana, to introduce yourself a little bit and touch on what did your life look like before you encountered Jesus? And where were you at? What was going on in your life when he found you?
0: Thank you, Dania. I'm Montana. My name is Montana. And just a little background for my story. I grew up in that church background. And my mom, she was just like driving us. She was that driving force that strong force of like keeping the whole family in church and she had this thing where before we even got on the school bus we always had to say the prayer keep me a step of thine eye hide me under the shadow of thy wing before we could she wouldn't unless we said that we couldn't get on the bus and um yeah you know she just kept us praying every night before we go to sleep father like keep our souls and protect us and all those things so we were rooted in the church things weren't Like foreign to us. And we went to a couple of different churches. So I was definitely in that environment where I felt the spirit of God. I knew the power of God, but I just didn't understand it fully for myself. I don't think that I knew the weight of my sin. I didn't really even understand sin. So it wasn't like a deeply rooted thing. And by the time I started going into like eighth grade into ninth grade, I had these different influences around me. Whereas like, if you're not deeply rooted and you're around other people who don't really care about the things of God, then bad character corrupts good morals. So I was just in that environment where everyone was doing their own thing. Everyone was into smoking, dating this person, that person, and really just like out here. And as I was just in that day by day by day by day by day, my mom's still going to church and in the home I'm having like these different tensions and everything. That just began to look more appealing, the things that other people were going through. And even growing up, there was tensions in my home. For some reason, I kind of built tensions towards my mother and it just had like this deep anger that began to grow and grow and grow and grow more towards her as the years passed on. And it was just really toxic between me and my mom. And then it was like, when I go to high school, I was just, oh, this person with all this joy. But when I got home, like this heaviness just came over me. And I would be like mute to my mother. I would just be so disrespectful. I would try to get my way by doing different things that were far from god and i just started getting in the like party scene
1: i'm curious if you can pinpoint what sparked that or was it just like randomly you just started feeling this tension and anger towards your mom
0: so that's a great question my mom she was a celebrity makeup artist right so she would be on these sets all the time and in that environment just doing makeup for celebrities for movies like The Walking Dead like Stranger Things just the special effects makeup Cheetah Girls stuff like that and she started to get me in that industry and she would be like signing me up to be an extra on those shows so like the Three Stooges the change up I got to be an extra on but then she seen like that industry was not a good influence. There was so much spiritual things going on in that industry. She would come home crying all the time because of the way she would be treated. And she didn't want me in that anymore. So she started taking me out. And as a young child, I wanted to be an actor. So when she took me out, that built resentment. And it grew to the point where it wasn't even about that, I kind of brushed it off for the years, but that was the root and it grew and it grew and it grew all the way up into like high school.
1: Yeah. And that's so big that what you said, because it's so crazy because I just talked about forgiveness on a past episode or unforgiveness and mm-hmm. resentment and and anger. When you let those things seep into your heart, you literally just said it just grew. And it didn't even become about that. But it was just about everything. So that is so huge. And that's so important to really identify within ourselves, what resentment are we holding on to? Because I'm sure you being one person at school, I'm sure you liked who you were at school more than you liked who you were at home. And having that resentment towards other people, it can cause you to become a person that You don't really like to look at in the mirror, but I'd love for you to go back to, you said you started to get into the party scene and talk more about the rest of your story.
0: And that's really good that you said that, that resentment, because anger gives a foothold to the devil. And when you start resenting, it grows a seed of bitterness and that bitterness just grows and it really affects you. It makes you more like unsteady, but I just had that growing and growing in me and it just really destroyed me. But I was getting into the party scene and I was in ninth grade and we were just smoking weed. And the first time that feeling, it was just like, wow, what is this? You know? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was just just falling into all these things that were presented in front of my face. And, you know, I, I had this boyfriend and he was like in 11th grade. That was like my first love. Jesus is actually my first love, but that was like <laughs> my first love. Yeah, And I actually really did care about him. I thought that was like actual love. And I didn't have any, like, sexual interactions or anything other than, like, kissing. But our families would just be, like, cordial. And his mom would do my nails. My mom, his mom would hang out. I was like, oh, this is my first little relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but then he cheated on me with this girl at his school. And that broke my heart in shambles for like a year and change like the mention of his name i just started crying like i didn't know how to cope or deal with that and it was just really bad and you know i didn't really know that god could be relational so that wasn't even a thought in my mind Mm -hmm. so i would just run to food to cope to like because if if you're feeling all these things inside you're going to run to something we all run we all have one run that we go to it's gonna come out some way if you're not voicing it. It might come out through weed, people having sexual relations. Mine was food. I just like, okay, comfort food. I'm eat my feelings, eat my emotions, just, you know, cause I didn't know God. And then some years passed and I'm on the phone with my friend and I started hanging out with the gay girls at my school. And I didn't think anything of it. They were just like my friends, they were just cool. But once you start surrounding yourself around certain people, Spirits start trying to latch on. So I was on the phone with one of my friends one day, and I remember this vividly. And I was just talking, and she was like, "Hey, you know this girl likes you." I was like, "Oh no, no, no! I don't want to go to hell." I literally said that because I knew the things of God, but I didn't really understand them. So I just knew, like, I situated that, and I seemed like, "Okay, this is bad. I'm good on that. I don't want to go to hell. I'm, I'm good." And she was like, "You won't go to hell," and I was just like, "Oh, really?" okay. So I took that. That was a lie from the enemy and she was gay herself. So that was a spirit of the enemy at work through lies and deceptions. And that seed was planted. And I'm like, okay, if I won't go to hell. And this girl is showing that she has interest in me and I just wanted love. And I I didn't feel love at home. Mm. I didn't know God. I didn't feel love anywhere else. So I'm like, wow, someone's interested in me. Boys don't really care too much about me. So, hey, you know, So then that's when that door was open and I eventually ended up, she ended up being my girlfriend. And then that's when like that whole, uh, just three years of like being homosexual came in. and It was just different windows and gates that were being open for the enemy to use me. And um, yeah, but thankfully... You know, God saved me from that. He brought restoration to my home, to my relationship with my dad, to my relationship with my mom, and even my sister. Because when I was angry, when I was younger, I used to, when no one was home, I used to, like, take it all my anger out on her. And literally, like, that spirit in me would beat her. I would lock myself in closets, think about suicide. My sister couldn't even be in the same house with me. And now our relationship is like this. And it's all glory to God. Like, He's just so... Good and i know i'm like going on
1: no yeah <laughs> this, yeah that's your story that's yeah i mean you talking about the like this is so real so if this is kind of new information to you those that are listening about this that's this that was a spirit in her and the spirits like to latch on like this is real right we are all spiritual beings having a physical experience and montana you identifying these these open windows and gates where you've allowed the enemy to plant seeds in you and what happens when you don't pull the weeds when you don't pick the weeds they grow they expand they take over and so just from what i'm hearing is like it started with that resentment it started with you not i mean really pulling away i know You said you had to restore your relationship or God restored your relationship with your parents. And what you were not feeling is you felt like you weren't receiving love. And this is such a huge topic because love is one of the most powerful emotions. There's no greater quote in the world than I love you. That phrase just gives life to people. People are craving love. People are searching and seeking for love. And so you really what Montana you wanted was to feel love from somebody. And I I truly believe there are people listening who also don't believe or haven't recognized that our God is relational, that it's not about following a religion. It's about having and creating and building a relationship with your creator and with your savior and with your healer. I know you said that was three years of you being homosexual. During those three years, is that when you were violent, when you were experiencing thoughts of suicide? Was that all during that time frame?
0: For the violence and the suicidal thoughts, those seeds were planted at a young age. So I'd say maybe from the age of like eight to like 14, I would lock myself in closets and it would just be dark. And I would try to like attempt to grab a knife and try to like kill myself. But I was afraid of doing that. But then the enemy was in my ear and it was just this dark like spirit that was just in me, that was just heavy. So, you know, when I was homosexual, those things weren't as as heavy, but they were still sort of there. And I would even hit my parents, hit my mom. She would. She loved me. So she tried not to call the police. Well, she called the police, but she didn't want them to have my name in the record. So she would always like stop them from putting like my name in the record so that, you know, I could have a career or I wouldn't be in the system. But it was just really bad and really toxic, honestly.
1: Wow. Did you have anybody that you could talk to about what you were feeling and experiencing? You were, you felt alone? Yeah. For those of you that can't see, it's audio. She's nodding her head. Um, no, that's hard. I mean, especially that being eight years old, like that is really heavy stuff. And I'm sure it's definitely matured you so much. And I would love for you to touch on because i know this is like a sensitive topic there's different perspectives when it comes to homosexuality right like you said your first thought was oh i'm gonna go to hell if i if i'm with another girl what would you tell that person who is struggling with homosexuality and they've because i know before in our prior conversation you said you put your that was your identity and you held that, what would you tell that person that is struggling with homosexuality and their identity with that?
0: I would say that whatever the reason is that they're searching for whatever they are searching for in that other girl, because everybody is different, I would say that everything that they're searching for in that other girl, God gives freely. So for me, I didn't know that. I didn't know that God loves me. I didn't know that. I didn't even know what love was. And... I would just say that you don't have to search for those things in that girl because she's just going to fail you. You know, God extends these things freely. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to love you with a love that doesn't fail. He wants to nurture you. He wants to take your burdens, everything that is on your spirit, everything that you're worrying about or wanting or desiring. He made you to want those things in Him. He made you with the intention to fulfill all those needs that you're searching for in that other girl. So he's not like wanting to just judge you, judge you, judge you. Yes, you have sins. Homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. When I first started seeking God and I seen that in the Bible, an abomination to the Lord, I was like, hold on, you know. But there's a difference between the sin that you have and you as a person. So the same way a parent will love their child but may not like the decisions that their child is making is how God sees you. He loves you with an everlasting love, but he does not agree with the decision that you're making. And he doesn't want you to be perfect He wants you to come to him broken so that he can touch you and change you and transform you. So it's just a matter of humility, humbling yourself and realizing, okay, I need help. And confessing your sin, confessing your wrongs and saying like, God, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And God is the one. He restores all things. God is the one who takes brokenness, who takes a mess and makes it a message. So don't, don't be afraid of God. Definitely fear God, but don't look at him as like some monster. If anything, that's the devil. So I would just encourage you for that person out there who is struggling with homosexuality or just your sexuality in general, like just bring it to God. Even if you don't know how to bring it to God, just reach out and say like, Jesus, I don't even really know the depth of who you are, but. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to surrender and I'm ready for you to change my life. That's what I would say to that person who is out there struggling.
1: Yeah. Though. I think that was so well said. And you know, I think you can apply it to even say like not even being homosexual and looking for the qualities that you're seeking, say like I'm a woman, say, seeking in another man and looking for this man or this person to fulfill the things that God gives you freely. That is so beautiful. And that's such a beautiful reality. And... I love that you said like fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? That's in Proverbs. I can't remember the verse, but he brings justice because he does love. His love is pure and he wants the best for you. He is the perfect father and he wants you. I love that you said he wants you to come to him as you are. You don't have to hide the things that you're doing right now. You don't have to hide the things that you did last night. You don't have to hide your thoughts. He's fully aware of everything that you've done up to this point in your life and the thoughts that you're having, the most important thing and the the thing that God wants is your heart. I love how you separated the person that you are, isn't, you are not identified by the sin that you have. Your sin, the things that you are doing and the person that you are are two separate things and, and bringing in like that example of your, your parents and not agreeing with what you're doing, but they still love you unconditionally. Maybe some of you don't have that type of love from your parents, but I'm going to tell you right now, Montana and I both, we have experienced that trueness and that pureness of the love of God. It is everlasting. It is unconditional. And so... I think you just answer that so beautifully and giving them also like that next step of surrendering and, and just bringing it to God and just having a real conversation with him. And that is all he wants is he wants your heart. He'll take care of the rest. And once you do surrender to the Lord, you will experience change in your life. Now, what actions did you take, Montana, to, so say, Okay, I have two questions. I don't want to forget them. But what actions did you take to surrender and to shift? And what did that look like to you? Like coming from not just struggling with your sexuality, but your anger and your your bitterness and your resentment. What happened? What allowed you to cross
0: that bridge? What did that look like? So while I was in high school, um, that relationship, my last relationship with the girl, it was just so toxic. I was just so miserable, like, it was just so bad. And I would break up with her and then get back together because of this soul tie thing, like this thing of connection through sexual relation. And it was just so bad. I felt trapped. But I would see this girl in my high school and on Snapchat, she was always like posting scriptures. I'm just like, hmm. I felt this drawing from God on my heart And I I told him one night, I was like, while I was in my sin, I was like, God, one day I'll get back right with you. But this girl, she was posting these scriptures on Snapchat and it was just like planting seeds. And then when I seen her at school, she just had this exuberant light, like this light that was just undeniable, like evident. I could see some light. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Because I don't have that. And wow. When we would have dance shows, she would just be praying before our dance show and I'm just like wow I seen the light of God in her and I would see scriptures and then I would like be telling my girlfriend at the time I was just like you know I was lying but I was like, Yeah, I've been reading the Bible and she I could tell that the spirit in her was just kind of like, why? I I could see it. So it made me more curious about God. Like, why is she reacting to me reading the Bible this way? Because I'm just like, "Hmm, maybe there's something in here. So I downloaded the Bible app and I just started reading the Bible and um, getting closer to God. There was a whole process and it happened so quickly. There was different things that occurred. One of them was, okay, I broke up with the girl. And then the enemy seen me trying to get closer to God. So he brought like these Instagram famous girls that I thought I would never in a million years try to like ever talk to. I would just see them and be like, wow. And I somehow got into connection with them and they we were texting, FaceTiming. I'm just like, okay. And I ended up at her house and she tried to kiss me. And I was just like, okay, no, I see the devil. I didn't even understand. So one night I was getting off work from checkers you know, it's like a overnight thing, and I'm driving down the road. It's like 2 a.m. There's no one on the road, right? Out of nowhere, I'm I'm going home, and this pickup truck comes full speed, T-bones me into the driver's side of the car that my mom just got from me, and the car said, fume into the next plaza, right? At that moment, I didn't know if I was dead or alive. I was supposed to be dead, but all the air deployed, everything was shattered, everything. And I walked out without a bruise, without any injuries. I had like a bruise on my um, hand right here because of the airbag. But everything was shattered. I wasn't even supposed to be alive. He T-boned me on the driver's side, came right into the side of my car. And oh I was just like, God. yeah, I was just like, who's this God who spared my life? Literally. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Wow. only God. Mm. Yeah. Pausing right here. Don't forget where you're about Mm -hmm. to stay, but just see how God works. Even when you are still trying to figure things out, even when you aren't fully surrendered and committed to him. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. I have chills. That's the God that we serve. He doesn't want you to be perfect. Like you said, that just shows his love and his, his divine light, just protecting you and saying, Montana, I am tugging on you and I've chosen you. So mm. That is beautiful. That is the God we serve. Okay, keep going.
0: <laughs> and that's it's that's the beginning of a whole testimony of how I got the card that I got now. Ugh, God is just so good. But to continue the story, so that made me also trying to start seeking God. I didn't get close to Him so soon, but that started like planting seeds and opening my eyes because I was supposed to be dead. I'm not even supposed to be here right now, like on this. Okay, but yeah, so after that, you know, I'm just going kind of like reading the Bible a little bit through like descriptions on Snapchat. My mom would always still be going to church and she would ask me, I literally came home high one time. She's like, You wanna to go to church? And I'm like, No, but there was one night and I was like, Mommy, you know, I wanna to come to church. And I went to church and, you know, the apostle, He prayed over me because I was like, I just feel like there's some snakes around my neck. I don't know what else, but it just felt like something was, I don't know, I couldn't deny it. And he prayed over me. And these are all like adding up to those times. Later on, I started meditating and doing manifestation because I'm thinking, oh, the universe. But I'm also kind of tying God in there because I don't fully understand yet. But these things were like me with a blindfold on, trying to like, God, is this you? Is this you? And getting a Joel Osteen book, and he was talking about say in the mirror, I am this and I am that. So it's prosperity gospel. And then I came across TikTok. There was this TikTok of this girl saying like to be in a group or something, Christian. I was like, okay, let me just join this. And she was basically telling me to watch the American gospel. And... um I watched the American gospel on Netflix and it opened my eyes from the difference of prosperity gospel and the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's when I really devoted my life to God and I just really surrendered, began following him. And since November 2019 till now, I've just been seeking God and seeking his face. So it was a gradual process. It wasn't like an overnight thing, but they all added up and now I am here.
1: Wow. Just something that I was thinking about. Your story is so... I'm so grateful that we've crossed paths. The fact that just through social media... I mean, that kind of just blows my mind. And you being 20, I'm not too far off from 25. But that generation, it's like, it's social media is so impactful. And it can really influence people, good or bad. So I think that is so encouraging for those of you who are using social media to really audit what you're allowing into your into your mind and into what you're seeing on the daily, because it can lead you the path of light or the path of darkness. American gospel, I've never heard of that i'm probably gonna watch that because that sounds like a great resource to recommend to people because i can relate i went down for a whole year like the new whole new age thing meditation i feel like that's so evident right now it's not something new i mean they talk about all the time in the bible but definitely very evident right now of the spiritual awakening and you want to like speak your words hold power which they do but this whole idea of like you are God and that's a huge lie, a huge big fat lie from the enemy to lead us down the wrong path. That is so amazing. And I think your story is very encouraging too for that person who may has been trying to seek and they haven't really crossed that bridge yet, or they haven't been able to walk in the fullness that God has for them because maybe they are living in in guilt still, or maybe they are still struggling with their sexuality or their anger, whatever sin they're holding on to. And I think that your story Encourages those that are listening. For one, you don't have to be perfect. And two, that it is a journey, and we all have our own journey when it comes to our faith walk. One question that I want to ask too is: so where you are currently right now, or when you did make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus and walk in the fullness of truth, did you struggle with your past sins at all? Did you struggle with your sexuality still? Did you struggle with being attracted to same sex? Struggle with anger? What did that That look like for you?
0: Definitely through reading the Bible, it began to break off, like give me wisdom. I really started in Proverbs. So as a baby believer, not even on the things of God, Proverbs, I was at the time in 12th grade, I was around a group of friends that were smoking weed all the time and all this stuff and Partying. And one of the key verses that was like my foundation was walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools leads to destruction. And that verse carried me. It began to help me to look at the friends around me. And I'm like, this is not of God. So I slowly began to separate myself from that. And they felt that distance. But I seen something greater. I seen something treasurable. I seen how God saved my life. I seen him actively working in my life and calling me. So I began to separate myself from my friends and they felt that. But there was something more rewarding, and I had my eyes on something bigger. And also, once I started seeking God, it was just the attraction for girls just fell off of me. It was so beautiful. Like, I wasn't really even attracted to girls anymore. I don't remember myself really being attracted to girls like that after seeking God. It just fell off. Like, that desire... He took it away. And the sins that I would probably see myself that I was struggling with was anxiety, not trusting God. And I was pretty obedient because of everything he saved me from my But I would say anxiousness, not knowing how to give God everything. That's one of the main things that I struggled with at that time.
1: Oh, I think that because I know exactly what you mean about God just taking it away, like it just leaving you. Because He does that. He will transform your heart if you take a step towards Him, and you literally, like you said in the beginning, it really is a humbling for you to repent of your sins. You have to have a humbling heart. You have to you have to approach God humbly and confess Him as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, there's so much light on that other side. And like you said, I mean, the whole snake when you said I you literally felt like you being in a chokehold. I mean, I'm just imagining what your your spirit body looks looked like in that moment, because that's probably what was happening. I mean, I'm speaking from experience too. like I was walking around for years in my life, being so deceived. And many of us are walking this life being deceived and being in, in chokeholds and being bounded by Satan and not closing these doors. And so I think that's so encouraging for that person who is like, okay, what is on the other side of whenever I do surrender my life to Christ? Like, what does that look like? And it looks like, it it looks like redemption. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like love. It looks like life again. Like you're renewed. You literally become a whole new person. And I would hear people say that, like you become a new creation, but you truly do. I'm a completely different person. I mean, Montana, you're a completely different person. How freeing is it? Like my whole life, I'm sure, especially with this generation, like we seek freedom and we want to see miracles happen in our life. That is something that our generation, we want to see. We're doers and God, God wants doers. God wants to show you miracles happen, not just hearing stories, not just hearing miracles from Montana's story, my story, but in your own life, he wants to make these miracles happen. And for you to experience the goodness that he has for you. This is just so good. And I think you're so relatable too. with just thank you for just being so real and vulnerable with sharing your story, because there's so many people that are maybe walking through that now at a specific point throughout your story. They can see yourself through your story. I do wanna touch on a couple of things. I know there's people who don't believe that homosexuality is a sin and they believe that people are actually born that way. Do you have any insight to that or what would you share with that person?
0: I would definitely say that some people may be born that way, but this is why Jesus says that you must be born again. This is why there's a rebirth because, yes, we are born in sin. That is our natural inheritance. So someone may, I remember at a young age, feeling homosexual feelings towards, I would go over to my friend's house. And I don't even know what that was. But there was like this spirit that would be bringing these ideas. So I would say like, if people feel like they are born that way, they may be, but this is why you must be a born again believer. There's a difference between being a Christian and being born again Christian. Say I claim that I run track, but I never attend practice. I never condition. I never train myself, discipline myself. Do I really run track versus say I am disciplining myself? I'm going to conditioning. I am, you know, doing the work. I'm practicing it. I can say that I run track because I do everything that comes with it. But if I just label myself as, hey, I run track, but I don't run those, all those, those laps and 400s, 200s, all those things, then I'm just lying. I'm just not telling the truth. So with that, I would say, what is the truth? What are you really practicing? What are you doing in your actions? Because the Bible says that you will know a tree by its fruit. And the fruit of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Faithfulness. Goodness, yes, faithfulness. Self-control. But yes, and definitely self-control. The Bible also says where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. So people are just out here just doing anything, you know. They don't have—they're not under the Spirit of God. So definitely, like, also looking at the fruit of the Spirit. This is why the Bible says to test the Spirit, because you will know the Spirit by its fruits. So that also discernment comes into play in those areas as well. Mm.
1: No, that's so good. That's so good. I'm just, I can't believe you're 20. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't even walking with the Lord at 20. I was, this was my wild years. Okay. What you're living right now, those are my wild years. So far from the Lord. But that's so good for you sharing that because that, that analogy of, are you, at that point, it's really just a label. You're just labeling yourself as this, but are you actually? And that reborn again, Christian, that reborn again believer, you becoming a new creation. That's what God Mm -hmm. has for you. And this doesn't just have to be in your sexual desires it can be with with anything with any sin anything that we we feel because when we are in the womb we can experience what's passed down you know genetically there's also spirits that are passed down to us so if something runs in your fam- family like the spirit of divorce the spirit of anger the spirit of Adultery. So what <laughs> time space right now? <laughs> these spirits buy it, buy it. is they are generational and they can be passed down to you. And so when things aren't even your fault, when things aren't even your fault, you can be born with these spirits. Because look, the Lord literally says the day we're born is a is a time of mourning. And the day we die is, is the time of celebration. And because of that, it's the reason he says that is because we're we're being Birthed and born, and and coming into a world that is broken, that is dark, that is fully living in sin, that is controlled by the enemy. Realizing that, I mean, with every single answer that you're saying, Montana, is like, the the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. And I love that you are identifying that because that's really who we're battling. That's really who you are currently battling right now in your life. Listening to this, I'm talking to you. That is what you're battling right now in your life. You're battling the spirit of homosexuality. You're battling battling the spirit of anger, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of depression, the spirit of anxiety. It's not you. It's It's not you, right? You were born to be loved by God, to be fully surrendered to him, to live in the fullness that he has for you. And so I just thank you, Montana, for coming on and sharing your wisdom as 20. I mean, it's like amazing to me. I literally sometimes I get like, not really jealous, but like, I can't think of a better (laughs) word. Uh, These people who met the Lord at 14 and they've been walking or met the Lord at eight years old and been walking. It's just like, wow, That's so, that's so beautiful to me. But yeah, any, I mean, any closing thoughts? Like this was such a good
0: conversation. I'm so grateful for you. Do you have anything else that you want to add? I'm just thankful for God. And like this, this podcast, you know, this podcast is just really spirit filled, you know. And also what to touch on what you said about generational things being passed on. You know, that's real because if your parents aren't seeking God, then those things get birthed with you, like in your spirit. And this is why we need Jesus to break all generational curses off of our spirit so that the next generation will inherit generational blessing. And also what you were saying about how we become a new creation. It's by faith alone. It's not words. That's one thing that I had to that helped me distinguish what Christianity actually is. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. God just wants your whole heart. He doesn't want you to do anything for him, but just give him your heart. That's all he wants is your whole heart. And just surrender, humility, surrender, humility, surrender. So it's by faith alone. And He supplies an abundance of grace. No matter how many times you mess up, He's still going to be showering His love on you. I've messed up so many times. And for that person who feels like giving up, I just want to encourage you, like, don't get weary in well-doing. Like, there's a reward on the other end. Just keep on pushing. Like, these trials and tribulations that you're facing are making you stronger, are are building you up to endure because this walk is not easy. It's not going to be sunshines and rainbows. If anything, I'm learning. God is going to take you down the most difficult path. We usually want to go down the easiest road, but that's not going to produce anything worth being produced. So He's going to take you down the road that is the hardest, but it's going to produce something so worth being produced at the end. It's going to help you endure when these hard times come. And I just want to encourage that person to keep on pushing like, Don't give up on your God. Don't forsake him because he will never leave you or forsake you. And even if your mother or your father forsake you, he will never leave you. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a father to those who haven't been fathered well by their earthly dad. So I just want to send out like encouragement to those who are listening. And nothing is too hard for him. Literally, he's a big God. He's big God. Like nothing is too hard for him. So if there's something that you feel like, wow, this is, you know, so hard. Can God even deal with this? Can God even, he can take it, take it to him. If you're angry, go to God. If you're sad, go to God. If you're emotional, go to God. Don't go to these other things. Don't go to crystals. Don't go to meditation, manifestation. Literally just go to God.
1: That was a beautiful note to end on. And I'm glad that you actually included that faith, not works like faith alone in this episode, because I think that is important, especially with this message. And it's really about just focusing on God and that other stuff will, will come. You don't have to focus on trying to stop sinning. Just focus on getting closer to God. Like that's it. And the other things, the other things we're our God is so big. Our God is so good. And he loves you. He loves you. And he's literally, he's never left your side. And he's waiting for you. Our God never changes. He's literally waiting for you to take that first step to towards surrender and towards giving you his heart. Just trust him. He won't let you down. We get let down a lot in this life, but God is a God that will never let you down. So thank you, Montana. This was literally so amazing. I love this so much. And yeah, thank you for being a guest on the show. Of course. All right, let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect
0: with you and reshare your post.
1: I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.